Before we begin, a message about this series. We began working on Kalavasta in the summer of 2019, after the flood in 2018, but before the 2019 monsoon. And today, Kerala has found itself at the forefront of India's battle with COVID-19. The series begins with climate change, exploring Kerala's efforts to build environmental resilience. But as the COVID-19 crisis has unfolded, a conversation about the interconnectedness of societies, our relationship with the environment, and the inevitability of our future has begun. If anything, resilience is at the heart of global discussion. But Kerala has been thinking about resilience for a few years now. What has Kerala learned that it can share? Some of the episodes were already produced before the new reality of COVID-19 hit Kerala, and the conversations and events featured in them took place before February 2020. They provide the landscape of the shifting definition of resilience and set the context for the world we are living in now. And now, on to episode one. In 2018, uh, generally people think there was only one flood in Kerala. There were two floods in Kerala. That is the first story. Because uh, from 10th of July uh, 2018, I started reporting on the rains intensifying. And by 22nd of July, it was a flood in most of the central parts of Kerala. This is Sridevi Pillai, a broadcast journalist with the Malayalam Manorama Group in Kerala. She's describing the onset of what was one of the most devastating events that the state of Kerala had ever experienced. First three, four days, moderate rains. Fifth onwards, look up at the skies. You can see that you don't have to read the, uh, you know, satellite pictures and also the Doppler radars. You don't have to do that. You just have to go out and see the rain. The rains are intensifying from 5th, 6th, 7th. Things are out of control. Within 24 hours of the 7th of August, the state received 310 millimetres of rain. Nothing but rain, rain, rain. And the clouds were building up. And it was kind of uh, like, you know, rains which you have never seen. By then, all 14 districts of the state were under red alert. Even in a place like Kerala, which gets like uh, more than uh, 2,500 millimetres of rain during the monsoon, it's more than that. It's just the huge clouds were just standing there and raining, raining, raining. The dams in the hills were filling up rapidly. And by the 10th of August, all five shutters of the iconic Cherthoni Dam in Idiki were opened for the first time in 26 years. In that moment then, the opening of the dam after decades looked so impressive and majestic that people flocked to celebrate the event and take videos of themselves with the roaring waters behind them. That monsoon, between June and September, Kerala received 42% more rain than expected. And in those 11 days in August, the floods killed 357 people and destroyed just under a million hectares of crop area. The preliminary losses were pegged at around 15% of the state's GDP estimate for 2018. Shobha Vishwanath is a social entrepreneur from Tiruvananthapuram. She runs the Weaver's Village in the city and was one of the first to respond to the calls for help. Despite the chaos, she'll never forget those first few days. When the flood hit Kerala, like during August, around I think August 12th or something, we all were in a shock. Like we couldn't believe that, you know, something like that would happen. 
in a place like Kerala. The rain started and then it started pouring and pouring and pouring. And As people began to reach out for help, videos and posts of the damage started to light up WhatsApp messages and Facebook groups across the country. And these images were horrific. We saw huge sections of roads sinking into the earth, collapsed bridges, sides of mountains burying people, houses and schools completely submerged, families trapped under the roofs of their houses, abandoned pets and cattle. The most vivid of all were the stories and pictures of fishermen who took boats deep into the interior into what would have been neat suburbs and residential layouts. And uh, the, after the first day, I went home. Uh, you won't believe this. For three days, I was at home attending calls. I, I didn't even sleep. I didn't even go to the toilet. I didn't even brush. So many volunteers were like that. They were around more than 400 volunteers. Everyone were like active, like 24-7 working. The biggest shock was to Kerala's people. And all these things, I think the state was like uh, seeing for the first time, experiencing for the first time. And it was like, uh, you know, people uh, flocked together and it was the first response, I think, was to survive. And in that, to an extent, I would say the people won the battle. The government only could stand by. Um, before the government intervened in every single place, it was local people who were right out there to do the rescue. While people experienced the 2018 rains brutally, the unprecedented deluge that brought worry, sadness and immediate loss, a loss of houses, of precious things and of memories washed away, people also remember it for the incredible surge of humanity, of how Keralites and people from all over the world reached out to help those affected stand up again. And in its wake, they realised a deeper shift had taken place. Their relationship with this familiar character, the Southwest Monsoon, had been changed forever. Welcome to Kalavasta. Kalavasta in Malayalam means the state of the climate. In this six-part series, we start local, exploring Kerala's changing weather, its forests, rivers and hills that make up its green landscape and the deep attachment its people have to this environment. We will learn how people are experiencing climate change today, from droughts to floods, and how they are affecting critical forces that shape and power Kerala's economy. But this is the development story of a state that defies boundaries, with lessons that reach far beyond its shores. It is the local story of participation that teaches us how to take people along. From the Malayalis and the Keralites, to the far-flung diaspora, and to everyone striving for progress and change. How is this sliver of a state building itself back and making itself stronger? From new forms of volunteerism and local action to restructuring its oldest and largest department within the government to new initiatives to rebuild Kerala. Because today, Kerala is building a new, more resilient legacy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have arrived at Tarantula. Episode 1. It starts with a drought. 
For the longest time, Kerala's weather has been mostly peaceful and predictable. The temperature would hover in the mid-late to 30s, and even in summer, it rarely shot up to the 40s. The state is sometimes called the gateway to the monsoon, because we wait for news from Kerala to mark the beginning of the rainy season. Malayalis are accustomed to the rain, and there is great affection for the monsoon when people never leave their homes without their sturdy black umbrellas in hand. This emotion runs deep. The rain has always been in their blood, and romancing the rain is a part of their culture. Innumerable movies have used the rain as a backdrop for strong emotions, where it becomes the manifestation of the protagonist's internal grief, or where its beauty and intensity spurs the broody hero to embrace forbidden love, or where the unending sheets of rain point to an impending period of tragedy. Mara is the Malayalam word for rain, but a simple word does not do justice to the rains Kerala receives, because there are so many kinds of rain in Kerala. Vijubi is a journalist with the Times of India, and in early 2019, he spent many months travelling across the state documenting the state's relationship with the environment for his book, Flood and Fury. When we met him, he told us about meeting Cheruvail Raman, a farmer from the northern district of Wayanad. Raman says Wayanad, like most part of Kerala, had six different types of rains till very recently. Each came with a distinct sound, pace, colour and even smell. The rains have names starting with the names of Malayalam months. It began with Kumbamara, rains that came in summer, in February, that cleared the dirt in the atmosphere. Then came the Medamara or Vishumara, which is in April, which was short and brisk. But this rain makes the parched land ready for farming. Tuba crops like yam and colocasia are planted. At the beginning of Edavapadi, which is May and June, the southwest monsoon arrives. The paddy fields are said to be irrigated. The Midunamara, August rains, brings copious rainfall, and as the plains get flooded, the groundwater levels are replenished. The Chingyamara, or the September rains, is soft and fun-loving, and the rain plays hide-and-seek, drizzling even in the sunshine. The Tulamara, which is in October, is accompanied by heavy thunderstorm, signaling the onset of northeast monsoon. But in the past five years, things seem to have changed more dramatically. Scientists talk about 2015 as a sort of turning point. That year, Kerala experienced a rainfall deficiency and severe heat waves. To learn more about this, we went to Cochin University of Science and Technology, or QSAT, as it is better known, and met Abhilash, a professor of atmospheric sciences. Over Kerala, uh, we started to witness the changes in climate, maybe, or we are realized the changes, maybe recently, like from uh, 2015 onwards. But 2015 was one of the strongest Elino year, 15-16. It extended over two-year period. In 2015, El Nino caused drought conditions across the state, and this continued till mid-2016, when early monsoon rainfalls were very poor. All over India in 2015-16, it was a normal year, but Kerala, it was a back-to-back -back drought year. So the annual rainfall deficiency was of the order of 40, minus 40 percent below, 40 to 45 percent below. So this is the that was the period Kerala uh, realized the heat of uh, climate change in terms of uh, realized the changes in the temperature and the rainfall. And then a year later is when Oki arrived, a storm with the strength of a cyclone, extremely rare off the Kerala coast. 
and after that in 2017 it, i think oki was the first one which is formed as a cyclone close to the kerala coast trivandrum coast maybe uh, 60 50 kilometers away on india's eastern coast cyclones regularly batter the bay of bengal hitting states like andhra pradesh or odisha every year and this is why these states have developed sophisticated disaster response systems over time shri devi was watching the rain that week when she got a sense that something seemed unusual in 2017 november this low pressure was uh, uh, building up in southern sri lanka and it was moving it was staying put there again it was slowly moving towards the comorin area and it was massive floods happening in sri lanka and interestingly enough i don't know why media in this part of india was not reporting on that colombo is nearer to us than new delhi so climatologically and geographically whatever is happening there is more important to us than some rain or something happening in northern part of india when cyclones form in the arabian sea they almost never form close to the coast but oki was different abhilash explains that part of this is due to the rapid warming of the arabian sea in the past decade from 2010 onwards if you look into arabian sea the compared to other ocean basin arabian sea is warming at a rapid rate if you consider pacific or atlantic it is warming at a rate of 0.8 to 0.9 degrees celsius per 100 years but arabian sea is warming at a slightly higher rate 1.1 degrees celsius per 100 years so this rapid warming of arabian sea is one of the reason uh, for the formation of this uh, storms abhilash tells us that normally a cyclone progresses through stages from a low pressure system to a depression to a deep depression and then to become a cyclone and then to a severe cyclone depending on its wind speed and each stage takes between 12 hours to a day oki defied all of these rules oki formed as a depression on the 29th and grew so rapidly that by late evening that day or in the early morning of the following day it had gone through three stages Shri Devi was worried about how little the news seemed to report on this low pressure system. If at all it got closer to the Kerala coast, there would be disastrous consequences. Schools and offices would need to close and fishermen out at sea would need to be called back. And from that day onwards I am giving uh, news and even in my channel it is reported two lines three lines not more than that. But on 28th uh you know i am looking out from this very same room sitting here and looking out and i think there is something wrong it is dark and it is silent and the sky is like one gray expanse and it's everything is still so i started giving news saying that there will be heavy rain heavy to very heavy rain nobody was actually prepared to face this because you no know, um as i said the rapid intensification was there and uh, it was a feeling that it will initially move towards a westward direction before coming closer to kerala coast but early morning 30th the first call i get is around uh, 5:45 or 5:42 to be exact it is from an engineer of a uh, irrigation project of trivandrum and he says ma'am it is heavy to very heavy rains and we are going to open the shutters please crawl please do something about it because i'm so sorry to wake you up then i see that in the my in my mail is a satellite picture i open it and i see a massive massive weather system over 
Satan Kerala. Only a few weather models that had been tracking Oki's development in the region had predicted the path that it eventually took. And at that time, given how rare and strange this occurrence was, there seemed to be very little attention being given to those weather models. So, I think we have not taken it seriously. So that was missing because that was this was the first experience for us. Uh, we cannot blame any agencies for this. Although Oki didn't make landfall, it killed more than a hundred fishermen who were out fishing that day. And to this day, many are still missing at sea. I still remember a fisherman's organization secretary speaking to us from Cochin, and I was on live and he was on phone. I, I was actually holding back the tears. He was saying when the wind came, they were in maybe in such and such a place between Cochin and Kollam, uh, and. Uh, might be, you know, the huge waves might have come and they would have all gone into the engine room and locked themselves up. Imagine the depth. If it was a plane crash in which 200-odd people were missing, the entire world community would have been after it. Because they are people who have addresses, names. Writing in the journal Nature Climate Change, Professor Murakami from Princeton and his colleagues point to this phenomena of continued anthropogenic forcing. Put simply, it means that the increasing effect of human activity and its consequences, as they call it, will cause more cyclones in the Arabian Sea with corresponding socio-economic implications. Many people changed the way they study and follow the weather after Oki, including Abilash, who began actively studying the weather across Kerala, and it was evident that there was a dangerous delay in the system in the way climate information was monitored and reported publicly. But more on this when we come back. Basically, I was a researcher and an academician uh, because this prediction and all is a, it's not our job. So, like I, I, the IMD, and Disaster Management Authority, they had to monitor. Till that time, we were thinking that they will, uh, they are doing that. After Oki, Abhilash began looking through his predictive models more. And so he became part of a WhatsApp group of active weather watchers from across the state that includes journalists like Sri Devi. After that only, even uh, I regularly interact with uh, media, it is not like I am predicting, we are predicting, we will, if there is some kind of signals, we will inform the authorities, we will inform the media, okay, something is coming. We are more prepared because from the low pressure gener generation stage onwards, we are continuously monitoring that situation. People are starting to connect these events to make better sense of the specific ways in which climate change is being experienced in Kerala in all its diverse regions. But while many publicly debate about the increasing rainfall in the state, Abhilash says we shouldn't focus only on rainfall. The intensity of climate features in Kerala, be they drought or rainfall or flooding or temperature, are all becoming more unpredictable. This can spell doom for a small state like Kerala, where coasts, plains and mountains all sit cheek by jowl. Because we are potentially, uh, means... Uh, near to ocean, so the, our moisture availability is more. Kerala is facing all kinds of hazards, like uh, heat waves, uh, cyclones, uh, droughts, 
ഫ്ലഡ്സ് തണ്ടസ്റ്റോംസ് ലൈറ്റ്നിങ് ഓൾ ടൈപ്പ് ഓഫ് ദിസ് അസാർ ലാൻഡ്സ്ലൈ ലാൻഡ്സ്ലൈഡ് ഈസ് കണക്റ്റഡ് വിച്ച് ഈസ് മോസ്റ്റ് ഓഫ് ദി ലാൻഡ്സ്ലൈഡ് ഇൻ കേരള ഈസ് ആക്ച്വലി ഡ്രിവൺ ബൈ ഹെവി റെയിൻഫോൾ The environmental journalist Viju B has been reporting on the impact of these changes for years especially in the western ghats. The impact would be on cardamom, your tea. You had a very temperate climate in Vainad. Now it's all going to go. If you look at the last 5 years, all your tea production is coming down. So that it's going to impact your agriculture, it's going to impact your all your plantation crops and of course you you'll have more landslides. So this is one this is a reality. What scientists are also seeing is how these extreme weather events like floods these past 2 years are increasingly exhibiting the classic markers of climate change. They're exacerbated for sure by bad planning and human intervention, and we're going to get into that in future episodes. But scientists in Kerala have been using what happened in 2019 to show us what climate change actually looks like. That year across India there was a rainfall deficiency of 35% in July. There was water scarcity and drought-like conditions in parts of Kerala in June, but by September there was a 14% excess in rainfall. All of the rain the state was meant to receive fell in 2 months, and the same drought regions experienced flooding. I would say 2019 flood is the uh, having more imprint of climate change. Don't, you don't have to wait for the another year. Even within one season you you will get uh, extreme drought condition. and the same season you will get flood condition and that too over the same region so that is what the climate is becoming more unstable so that is the real challenge in 2018 and 2019 many of the clouds were cumulonimbus clouds those tall fluffy dense clouds these clouds begin at around 2 kilometers up in the air and then they grow and grow and grow up to 14 kilometers in height they are dramatic clouds And normally these cumulonimbus clouds would develop before and after the monsoon and would be limited to small pockets in the state. Normally this cumulonimbus cloud will develop over a smaller region like during a pre-monsoon period or the post-monsoon period you will get rainfall over Cochin but you will not get rainfall over Aluva like a small scale features it will develop deep but in 2019 all over Kerala most of the northern part of Kerala and some of the eastern part we observed that there were lot of vertical development in the clouds and that means the cloud structure is also changing and when these heavy clouds break they cause cloud bursts that's what happened in nilambur and pudumala in northern kerala where it caused deadly landslides nilambur uh, recorded around more than uh, 30 cm of rainfall in one day and uh, nilgiri hills somewhere recorded 90 cm rainfall so that means this rainfall is concentrated in, into a short period for so we uh, 20 cm rainfall is very common during a monsoon season active period of the monsoon but it is distributed over the entire period but if you look at this year the rainfall is 30 cm during one or two hour most of this rainfall had happened perhaps there's a more evocative way of explaining this over time the clouds that had stayed the same forever over kerala were now different and people remember this because as a child my mother was the person who initiated me into clouds rain the changes and at that time i was such a small child she would show me pictures of clouds and then take me to the terrace and will ask me to identify each type of cloud and then she brought me one uh, book and color pencils and said start drawing the clouds 
so i'll uh, look at the book then look at the sky and then started uh, you know making uh, small paintings or small drawings sketches that's how it started maybe i was 4 or 5 at that time today these clouds are replaced by the wider cumulonimbus clouds kerala's monsoon clouds which a younger shridevi grew to know so well were shallower clouds constantly fed by water vapor from the sea and then the monsoons come the shallow clouds which will just come it will rain it will go then the next batch of clouds will come stay rain and move on the thing is that you know you look up and you realize the changes and each shape of a cloud but if you are you know they ready to look around and feel it's all about you know feeling for the climate and the environment the 2018 floods were called once in a century floods because in people's memory there was only one flood before that had marked so many lives the flood of 1924 but the following year in 2019 when the state flooded many asked why was this happening again why was the once in a lifetime flood back with a vengeance in less than a year in our next episode we find out about a contentious topic that may have increased the scale of the disaster kerala's relationship with land Thanks to Professor Abhilash, Harichandran Arakali, Shridevi Pillai, Shobha Vishwanath and Biju B. I'm Radhika Vishwanathan. Kalavasta is brought to you by the World Bank. For more information, go to www.worldbank.org forward slash Kerala podcast.